Hello, my goslings, and welcome to The Smug Buds. It is me, Elizabeth Deanna Morris Lakes, a.k.a. your favorite bud, a.k.a. Liz, (laughs) a.k.a. friend, maybe best friend, to Will, my co-host. Hello, Will. Hi, Liz. I'm making a lot of claims tonight, aren't I? I was going to say, making a lot of bold claims. (laughs) So you can read my mind as well as, uh, uh, you know, obfuscate my (laughs) mental state with your your brazen... uh, Cock of the walkishness. <laughs> it's a Monday whoa, night whoa. as we're recording this. Cock of the what? What? We've done this on a weeknight before. It's I can't. Like, why are we? It's such a bad idea. Apparently, I can't recall if we've ever recorded on on a Monday night before, in particular. Yeah. So this is a first, and might be a different kind of <laughs> mental state. <laughs> and therefore a different kind of podcast. And because, Will, what time is it for you right now? It is only 6.20 p.m. for me but in Arizona. But you're saying that Mondays are a little bit hard for you because, yes. you know, you're coming off the weekend. That's right. You have a different sleep schedule on the weekend. I maintain... Mm-hmm. <gasps> it was a hiccup. <laughs> I maintain uh, most of my, my schedule pretty much throughout the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit skewed. I get to sleep in all the way to 6.45 and then maybe stay up till 10. Um, but it is 9.20 for me here yeah. in Gaithersburg, Maryland, mm-hmm. which is normally when I am snoogled up in bed. Right. I have uh, a heating pack on my back. I have the blankets pulled up to my neck. Uh, and Kenny is reading to me because I am a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bedtime um, stories. I wanted to – I waited for the podcast to start to tell you this. I took yes. our cat, Rudy, to the vet today. Yes. Um, it is the first time we've taken him to the vet since I was pregnant because when I was pregnant, we took him to the vet and he had a bad reaction to the rabies vaccine. And also after I gave birth, uh, in that time span, my son had open heart surgery and my father-in-law died. So there was a lot going on mm-hmm. and I finally took him today. I took him to the vet. Uh, did I tell you who works at this vet? No. Our friend, your, your peer more directly than, I mean, also my peer, but your year, Casey. Okay. She lives in Gaithersburg now. Uh-huh. So, uh, last name starts with a P. It sure does. Okay. And uh, she she also got engaged. She got engaged outside of the Ben and Jerry's in downtown Rockville. And she put, I don't think I fully grasped the fact that she lives here until I saw, I was like, is that outside of Ben and Jerry's? She was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. I mean, it was like, not That's where nice. I'd pick, but I guess she didn't pick it either. Is there um, a ring in the ice cream? Kind of no, situation? He just, no. Well, this well, this was the thing about this engagement. It was outside of the Ben and Jerry's, and it looked a little bit spontaneous to me. Oh. Like, it wasn't like they were both in ball gowns and mm-hmm. something. Right. But it wasn't so spontaneous that there was not – like, there was a, somebody taking photographs. Uh-huh. So it was not so spontaneous that there was not someone there to take photographs. Right. Perhaps Casey can can send us a, an email to smugbuds at gmail.com and explain to us the full story of her engagement and why this happened outside the ice cream place in downtown Rockville. And I'm sure that if you saw her at the vet office, then you took that opportunity to explain the podcast to her and <laughs> pitch her on becoming a gosling. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
And she, but she, her, the vet that she works at is actually walking distance from Elliot's daycare. Okay. And so Kenny had run into her once when he was at the giant in the same complex. And I ran into her at the giant and I was like, okay, I will take my cat to the vet. She likes this vet. It, she says it's nice. It's not weird. So I took Rudy and guess what the name of the vet is? Do you want me to guess or do you want yes. me? Okay. Dr. Sven. Uh, <laughs> not the first name is irrelevant. Okay. Okay. <laughs> not not <laughs> to me. Not name. to me. Uh, Dr. Perlmutter. Dr. Katz. Oh, professional therapist? <laughs> Did you ever see Dr. Katz, professional therapist? No. Do you know what that is? No. It is, it's a cartoon show for adults before that was like a popular medium. Oh, huh. Not so, like, that makes it sound like it was before The Simpsons. It's not that long ago. No, I know what you mean, though. It's not like there's not Bef like Adult Swim. Before Adult Swim, yes. I, I, I think it was on the Comedy Central Network. I only know it from uh, DVDs. Ah. And it's this guy, Jonathan Katz, who is a, a stand-up comedian. And he plays Jonathan Katz, professional therapist, <laughs> uh, and all of his clients are comedians. So it's mm. basically just like a showcase for stand-up. Like stand-ups yeah, yeah. come in and they like do some of their bits from stage, but he kind of bounces off of them a little bit. Yeah. And it's all animated in this really squiggly way that kind of gets on some people's nerves. <laughs> And it was only on for two seasons. And also, it's more than just the therapy appointments. He also has a son. And so there are scenes that are not with other stand-ups, but it's also very improvised. It's not, uh, like, scripted at all. That's so funny. And and the guy who plays his son is H. John Benjamin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Before Archer and before Bob's Burgers uh -huh. and even before what I know and love him from most, Home Movies. Oh, okay. Which is a cartoon that really... it, it the Season one of Home Movies has the same squiggle vision animation mm -hmm. to it that Dr. Katz did. They're very much uh, from some of the same creative minds. Anyway, Dr. Katz is, besides being a cartoon professional therapist... Now your cat's veterinarian. Yes, and guess what his wife's last name is? It's not cats. And it, it and it and it is it dogs? It's crow. <laughs> and so I said to him, I said, When did you know you wanted to be a vet with a name like cats? He was like, When do you think? I was like, From the beginning. <laughs> he was like, No, I knew in high school. <laughs> and I was like, and your wife's last name's Crow. And he was like, yeah, but she's not a veterinarian. She's a lawyer for the Southern Poverty Law Center in D.C. He said that she's one of the most powerful five foot three women in the country. <laughs> I think he was talking her up a little bit, but I okay. was like, your wife's amazing. Uh -huh. There's a lot of five foot three women. I feel like that's a popular height, <laughs> especially in, in women. Maybe, yeah. I'm five five and a quarter. Three. I'm five five and a quarter. So I wouldn't know about the five three people. Well, we can dream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm tired. 
Will, I have mm-hmm. so much to talk to you yeah. about. Do you yeah. want to tell our goslings? I have a 19-point outline. Right. I was saying 20-point, and I realized I wrote, I hit enter, but never actually wrote anything for 20, so. <laughs> I'm 19. sure. I, I'm confident that you will come up with a 20th by the end of this exercise. Yeah, I guess any questions will be 20th. So what, what tell our goslings. What are, what are we doing today? You have a 20-point outline uh, about the problems with uh, gender neutral clothing for children yes or just gendered clothing in general i would say okay so we're gonna start way in the past this is part of the part of the reason why this um uh is gonna be so long which is i i want to give a little bit of history of like clothing in general not clothing in general i said to kenny i was like i mean i'm not gonna do this too much and he was like well i think you have to give some like <clears throat> some like uh, context for this, okay? Because with gendered clothing, something that comes up is like, especially, and I also want to say, let me preface this whole thing by saying, I'm looking at this specifically from the perspective of babies. These are babies to like maybe three, let's say, children mm-hmm. that have no or perhaps very minimal. Um, agency. Right. Um, so I, as a parent, am the one that has to make all of, or at least a lot of the decisions. At mm-hmm. this point, Elliot is making some of his own decisions. He's two and a half, but, yeah. um, you know, I would say up and, I mean, it can go farther, but up until three, they really don't really know what they're doing. And you have to also give them, um, some guidance in terms of things like it's going to be cold today. Yes. <laughs> like they aren't checking the weather. Um, I just want to say that everything that I'm about to say has nothing to do with, um, even seven, eight, nine year old children that have an idea of preference, that have an idea of what they like, they have an idea of what they're comfortable in, they have an idea of what reflects their own identity. Mm -hmm. I'm purely talking about, um, what to do as somebody who is a parent who has to make decisions about what they're putting on their child without agency. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm following. Okay. So the first thing I want to say is that if we're looking at like, if we're looking at people who are in America, um, and the clothing that they're wearing and we're going back in time. So this is clearly not a global generalization I'm making. Okay. It used to be that every child wore dresses until they were a few years old. Mm-hmm. And I knew this because you've, I'm sure you've seen the paintings of this where there's like young boys and they've got like beautiful locks of hair and they're in like a dress, right? Yes. I'm, I'm picturing a very pale babe. Yes. <laughs> with a very long, wistful stare. Yeah. So I Googled like, like boys, boy babies used to wear dresses, I think. And I found this article on Wikipedia. I'm going to read this uh, first part to you. It's called Ghost Children in Paintings. (laughs) No, I wish it was. Uh, We'll have to see if that's actually an article. Breaching was the occasion when a small boy was first dressed in breeches or trousers. From the mid-16th century into the late 19th or early 20th century, young boys in the Western world were unbreached 
and wore gowns or dresses until an age that varied between two and eight. Various forms of relatively subtle differences usually enabled others to tell little boys from little girls in codes that modern art historians are able to understand. Because this is like, I mean, this is going to be something that's going to come up over and over again. Mm -hmm. The point of clothes is to be able to tell what genitalia a child has. That's the point. Breaching was an. Imp- I'm being sarcastic, but you'll see why later. I mean, okay. I think you can guess, but mm-hmm. breaching was an important rite of passage in the life of a boy, and looked forward to with much excitement, and often celebrated with a small party. Yes, the first pair of pants, <laughs> a pants party, if you will. So, th- I guess like <laughs> the main reason that this happened, I'm guessing. I'm not guessing is what this says is because it was a it was a toilet training thing, right? Okay. So it's inconvenient to take pants off of babies. We know this is now as adults. Um but also um when they're very small like this and we don't have the same sort of um running water situation that we have um it was just it made more sense to have them in dresses. It was cleaner, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. Um so that's the first thing. All and right. then here's the second thing. Point number two. I, s- I then said to myself, well, I need to figure out when did tr- when did pants for women become a thing? So by coincidence, I listened to a podcast today that was called When Did Pants Become a Thing by Every Little Thing, the podcast Every Little Thing, right. a podcast that I feel has finally found its stride, and I'm glad I stuck with it. I think you've I said really- this before. <laughs> I know. And they just really devastated. They really took a long time to figure it out. And mm. they were born from the ashes of Surprisingly Awesome, which I thought was just yes. perfect. We've talked about and, it. Yes. And so um, they finally found their stride. And one of the episodes they had was When Did Women's Pants Became a Thing, which caused me to text you. Yep. <laughs> Women weren't allowed to wear pants until 1993 and then had to realize I had missed a part of that. Mm-hmm. Women were not allowed to wear pants in the Senate until 1993. Mm-hmm. So when we were alive, yep. and we're not that old, Will. Nope. Not yet. Um, but as I suspected, um, I, I learned this from the podcast, but also from this Trousers as Women's Clothing article. There were times throughout history when women wore pants for various reasons, if they mm-hmm. were horseback riders, um, Oftentimes, like during the world wars, when they were working suddenly, they would oftentimes wear pants. And even sometimes they would wear pants, um, you know, earlier or later than that. But it was like sort of a private thing. It was like you'd wear them in your house. You'd wear them to do sort of housework. But you, were, it wasn't like a, a public thing. Unless you are the youngest of three sisters on the television program Downton Abbey. <laughs> where... If I remember correctly, there is an episode of that show that not there's not just a scene in the show mm-hmm. where she comes out and like, ooh, la, la, it's going to be like she's wearing a new fashion statement and it's pants. Wow. No, not only that, but I swear in my memory, that was the end of an episode <laughs> of, of a dramatic hour long series of television, the kind of series that would ha- have like endings where it's like, oh my God, you know, like I can't yeah. wait to watch the next episode. Oh my God, she's wearing pants. Pants. 
<laughs> I think her name was Sybil. I think the character's name was Sybil. Wow, I have not watched Down. When when does Downton Abbey take place? The uh, I know in the British place. The series begins with uh, news breaking that the Titanic has sunk. <laughs> okay. And then season two spans World War One. Okay. And then I did not watch it to the end, so I don't know how far it gets. But it's Okay, well that er- gives us enough context because I'm assuming tw- you didn't watch the the pants happened at some point in there. I think it was season I think the pants were season one. Suffice to say it's an early early twentieth century period piece. Okay, got it. Um so yes, so you know, I think we sort of knew this. Pants um did not really come into play for women until like the 50s and 60s. That's when they started to become more um accepted. But also I want to point out that, and this is something that's going to come up a lot when I'm talking, I mean, not come up a lot, but I think that we need to remember this, which is that when I'm talking about people wearing clothing, mm-hmm. there's always an issue of safety. And okay. that's not something that you probably have to deal with on a daily basis, right? Hell no. No, because you're a cis hetero man and you're wearing pants and shirts. Um, but for example, um, there were many laws passed in various U.S. cities in the 19th and 20th centuries that banned women from wearing pants. Mm-hmm. Um, so quote, representative, this is from the Wikipedia article, trousers as women's clothing. Representative among these was an 1863 law passed by San Francisco's Board of Supervisors criminalizing appearing in public in, quote, a dress not belonging to his or her sex. Um, and then they list many other places, Columbus, Ohio, Chicago, Illinois, Houston, Texas, Orlando, Florida, um, and approximately two dozen other U.S. cities. Um, these were essentially anti-cross-dressing laws. But cross-dressing was at the time considered to be pants for women, right? Yes. So, you know, pants don't really become a thing until the middle of the 20th century. Um, clearly – like I said, there are exceptions to this. There are specific um, environments in which they're accepted, but um, women are not considered to be professional if they're wearing pants. Um, and again, if you're on the floor of the Senate until 1993 and you're a woman, you uh, are supposed to be wearing a dress. Okay, just, or a skirt. Yeah. Okay. So you're 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 going back to that, and and so uh, that. I I have a question. Mm-hmm. So so did that fact come out of your podcast? Sure did. Okay. Did the podcast answer my follow up question, which was, was that law enforced? So, did you actually have text me that? No, I just thought of it. Great. Okay. I thought that I had somehow missed an no. important text from you. No. So the one person that they had been talking to, I guess, was saying that. Um, they didn't go, so they didn't talk about this for that long, but the one person they were talking to was talking about wearing pants on the Senate floor, I think before this law, this like rule, I mean, that's not a law, but this rule for the Senate had been, um, changed in 93. And they were saying that they had to call like the, the, whoever was like leading the meeting that day and like basically had to call ahead to say that they would be wearing pants and make sure that they would be allowed on the floor to speak and stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so was it a hard and fast rule that was totally enforced? Um, I mean, clearly not because this person was talking about how uh, she had been wearing pants, but, um, 
it was it was a deal. Yeah, it was a deal. Okay. Um. Yes. Yeah, I just I just read your text and like clearly that's insane. Yes. And clearly it is indicative of the systemic oppression of women. And also I thought to myself, well, that's one of a billion kooky laws. Right. That I'm sure that you could pull out of history or laws that are on the books today. And uh, it's meaningless unless it's enforced and yes. like punishable by something significant. So yes, that's why I had that question. Yeah, I think that it. Um, my guess. I mean, not totally well, meaningless. Say, I mean, it could have this. a symbolic meaning, right? Absolutely. Even if it weren't enforced, certainly. But I know that when my brother was working for the state at one point. Or he was interning at the state. I can't remember. There were certain rules about what you could and could not wear on the Harrisburg floor mm-hmm. for the for Congress, just for the the state of Pennsylvania. And um, women still had um, specific rules that were different than men. Okay. I don't think it was related to pants, but I think the idea. I mean, dress codes. Maybe we will just have an episode purely on dress codes at some point. Dress codes tend to be. Uh, sexist and um, yeah. racist and classist usually. Okay. Um, I have a huge problem with them. And so, yes, I think that um, even if – which I think also goes to show that um, w- if women get away with it, it's probably because they were women that were privileged in some way. Ah. Does that make sense? Yes. Or women that were otherwise in good standing. Yes. Okay. So that's just my sort of background, which is to say that um, – and we'll we'll come back to these points later, but in general, <laughs> like, uh, oh, the other thing with the gender clothing with that I will bring up <clears throat> with is colors. So if if you are having will, if you're gonna have a little baby girl in your life, what color can you expect to see a lot of? Pink. And for boys, blue. Yes, and this has not always been the case, right? Um, this has not always been the case because. Uh, originally, blue was considered to be quite feminine because blue was not a color that was around very much. And then I was, this was from an episode of um, 99% Invisible, I learned this. And then there were a couple of paintings that then made there be a lot more paintings of the Virgin Mary in sort of a blue yeah. shroud. Uh-huh. So blue was considered a very feminine color. Yeah. And pink was really considered a masculine color because people really didn't see it as pink at the time. They saw it as like a pale red. And red mm. was a very masculine and I think is still considered a very masculine color. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So now we've, we've set the baseline. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so it's 29, it's a uh, 2019 and it's not, uh, it's not illegal to wear clothes. Actually, I, let me throw this back. It's 2016. <laughs> it's 2016 and it's, not illegal to wear whatever clothes you want. And I'm about to have a child that's a male assigned child. Okay. So what am I going to do? What am I going to put on to Elliot? That's the question. So that's the question. So Kenny and I um, always knew that we were going to shop in both sections of the store, right? Yes. There's a girl section and a boy section. Uh Uh-huh. And we always knew this, regardless of what our child was going to be assigned, because these lines are arbitrary and constructed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if 
my kid wants to wear a shirt with dinosaurs on it, I am going to get him a shirt with dinosaurs on it. And if my kid, uh, if there is a, I remember my friend Kathy got me this onesie. She's like, I think it's a girl onesie, but I don't think you'll care about this. And it was just like a gray quilted like zip up onesie that had little bears for feet. Okay. Like little bear faces. And I was like, yeah, the fact that you found this in like the girls section is totally arbitrary. Sure. So Kenny and I have always looked in both sections. Um, and so there were plenty of outfits that we got him that were from the girls section and ones that we got him that were from the boys section. Um, one of my favorites was outfits was this floral onesie. Do you have my reference photo that I sent you available to you? Yeah, I have it on my phone. So could you describe this onesie to me? Is this in the first photo? It's the one where he's got like the 10 month sticker on his Yeah, that's a, chest. it's an owl. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the, not part of the outfit. Right. It was he was just 10 months old. Yeah, so it's a floral onesie. It is uh white or a shade of white yes uh with uh flowers on it that appear to be a mix of red orange yellow and pink Mm -hmm. uh with some uh with some green leaves as well yes yes um do do i mean i I don't want to say like do you like it like what do you think about this outfit (laughs) it's nice doesn't it look sort of like maybe like what your curtains might look like. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> I loved this onesie. It was bright. I loved the pattern on, like the flowers. The, they're like big flowers, right? They're not yeah. like little. They're not like um. Oh, what's the name of that fabric? Where they're little like primrose, whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so he he's been wearing things like that for a long time. Yep. And so I started. Um, buying these clothings, these, this clothing for him. And, um, I, then it became, and it was summer. And so I got him some rompers. Do you know what rompers are? Yeah. That's like a one piece, like a jumpsuit kind of, right? Yeah. It's like one piece. Sometimes they have, they usually have, um, short sleeves. They can have short Mm -hmm. pants or long pants, but yeah, Mm -hmm. it's one thing. And I had gotten him. This striped one, the striped romper that was a like a tank top sort and it was blue and white striped and then it had shorts. That mm-hmm. was from the boys section. Mm-hmm. But then I had gotten him <laughs> this black and white onesie that was from the girls section. And I realized why it was from the girls section as soon as I put it on him. And this was why. So this, do you have the reference photo for this, this one This is the second now? picture. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So this onesie, there was a there was a lot of things that happened with this onesie, mm-hmm. or this this romper. The first was that it was um, way shorter than his striped onesie. the okay. The shorts came to his like mid thigh. Is that accurate? Yeah. Um, it the sides of the shorts. I don't think you can see this in that picture. Actually, like cut up a little bit, mm-hmm. so they were sort of scalloped. So it was sort of like um, I think of shorts that are from like the eighties, mm-hmm. where it sort of is like this, and then it comes the seam. It sort of scoops up and makes a sort of like upside down teardrop. Right. And it was cinched at the waist. Yes. 
Because, you know, tiny babies need a waistline, Will. Right. And then the top were these, it was spaghetti straps, but then there were these triangles. Yes. Um, that I was looking at these triangles and I'm like trying to figure out, well, what are these triangles for? And then I realized they're like essentially mimicking where boobs are supposed to be. Right. Yeah. And that's weird, right? <clears throat> it's very weird. This is a weird picture <laughs> of a very nice baby in a weird article of clothing that, yeah, really looks like it looks like you made the baby version of a women's one piece swimsuit <laughs> that is supposed to be like a lot of swimsuits, like attractive. Yes. Yes. And the, I, I want to say too, the boob triangle thing was especially highlighted by the fact that what is on Elliot's chest that I think you can see in that photo. Oh, uh, his, uh, I don't know what you mean. Is, is it his scar? Yeah. His heart surgery scar is exactly where like cleavage would be. Yeah. Yeah. I can kind of see it in this picture. And so, this this is, of course, not – that heart surgery scar is not the manufacturer of this articles of clothing's uh, fault. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I when I sort of saw him with that on, it was like – it was just this sort of like mirror of what could have been there if this was like an adult woman wearing this, this romper. So, so I apologize if I'm making you repeat yourself, but d- yes. did, did you buy this piece? I did. You did. I didn't. I don't think I realized because a lot of the the toddler clothing. So a lot. This is from, that outfit is from Old Navy, um, and the other romper I got him um, that year was from Old Navy. And I don't think I realized at the time how ridiculous it was going to look. Yeah. <laughs> because they don't model them on babies a lot of the time. Sometimes they do. Like every if you go to oldnavy.com, like every almost almost every adult piece of clothing will have a adult mod- model. Mm-hmm. Most of the children's clothing, I'm assuming because it's more difficult, each individual sort of page is not going to have a model, like a baby model. Yeah. Um so you you know the sort of splash pages will have the children in the clothes, but so it sounds like you're saying you ordered this online? Yes. Uh, okay. All right. That makes more sense. Yes. Um, I ordered it online. I couldn't totally – I knew that it was going to have spaghetti straps. And I clearly could I, – I guess I could have seen – like I definitely could see what was happening. But I don't think it really fully dawned on me. Right. And so <clears throat> I posted about this because I was like, I think – I'm not saying that this onesie is necessarily wrong. But I think we need to ask questions about why it exists this way when the boys' one existed a different way, which right. is to say longer shorts. It did It did have – it was sleeveless, so it's not like the boys got sleeves or something. Uh-huh. Um, but the boys didn't have a cinch waist, and it was, um, I think, just a lot more practical. Uh-huh. And a lot of people were responding by saying, well, you know, you could get gender-neutral ne- clothing. Mm-hmm. So do you have an idea of like not – I mean there's a main word for what gender neutral clothing is that I'm going to get to later. But like in terms of like colors and patterns, do you have an idea of what like gender neutral clothing looks like for children? 
in terms of colors and patterns. I don't really, but if I had to guess in terms of colors, I would say green is the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh huh. And patterns, I don't know. Stripes? Yes. Ab- no, you're 100% on the money. So, so-, so Steve from Blue's Clues. <laughs> Was wearing gender neutral clothes. Yes, he was. Um, I mean, so yes, um, in terms of colors, we're looking at either really solid colors. Okay. So, um, you know, blue, green, red, yellow, orange, even pink, if as long as it's like a solid color. These are all classic colors. Yes. But, but not like with shades. Yeah. And then we're thinking like probably less text or images. Okay. And then maybe stripes, polka dots, zigzags. So there's a mm-hmm. there's a website that makes children's clothing called um primary. I think it's just called primary. Um and yeah, if you look at their clothing, their idea is like this is just really basic clothing with basic colors. A lot of um parents will actually go there to get base clothing for um homemade Halloween costumes. Oh, that's fun. Because for example, if you're like I'm going to I don't know why I'm choosing Green Lantern, but if you want your kid to be dressed as the Green Lantern, you can get like a lot like a bright Kelly Green mm. um outfit and then paint like a Green Lantern symbol on the chest. Sure. Um So, I'm not saying anything against that particular website because I think that they're providing a really useful product. Okay. Um but that's considered gender neutral and I was like I feel I couldn't I didn't have the words for this yet, but I was like, I don't really think that solves the problem though. Okay. Right? Because I don't think the problem is that this onesie is too feminine necessarily, but I also don't think the problem is that we need to get rid of gender. For mm-hmm. clothing, I don't think that solves the problem either. But I didn't have the words for this yet. Um, and I think that that's a fine initial reaction, by the way, too. I think if you're seeing this weird gendering happening with your clothing, um, I think it's fine to be like, okay, let's go back to the start. To quote everybody's favorite band, Coldplay. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a very good song, is it? No, but I was realizing that, like, this wasn't answering the questions I was having. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, oh, and so I was like, okay, so I'm trying to do my best. I'm trying to be a good parent or whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just normal stuff. And I realized that we had never purchased Elliot a dress. Okay. And this bothered me, and I was, again, I had, I didn't have the words for it, and I couldn't figure it out. Um, oh, actually, let me take a step back really quick. Um, I think that there's something interesting going on with gendered clothing, too, in that um, girls' clothing are cut differently. Okay. Um, and... Which is to say that they, like, have a different physical shape. Yes. But there is still boys' clothing that is, feels very gendered. Um, and it's usually really gross. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> it's still gross. Um, so like, I think, um, my friend Katie, our, um, one of our, our most dedicated goslings, Katie told me that she had a, um, a shirt for her child, uh, her son that had a fox on it. Oh, no, no, no. I think it was for her daughter, but it was a boy's shirt and it said it had a fox on it and it said like, on the prowl yeah. or something. Yeah. But it was like creepy. It was uh-huh. like on the prowl for women. Right. Yes. <laughs> and then, <clears throat> you know, there's other, um, there's plenty of, um, boys sort of onesies or shirts that say things like ladies watch out. Yeah. Mama's you know, little heartbreaker. Mama's little heartbreaker. Um, and they made a joke about this on an episode of my favorite parenting podcast, The Longest Shortest Time. Um, where there was a guest host and they were talking about how they knew, like, they sort of knew, like, you know, gendered clothing for girls is, like, a thing. But they didn't really think that it was going to happen with boys as much. And then they realized that, like, all of the boys' shirts that are, like, um, have images or patterns on them, like, so many of them are just, like, violent. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I don't need, uh, you know, it's like, I don't need, uh, a shirt with, like, a dinosaur kicking a bear in the balls. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up making a pin of that. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is happening in both directions, right? And there is this middle ground that one could look at where you just sort of take away the images mm-hmm. and like stick to colors. And, and I think that that is reasonable to a point, yeah. but I don't think it fully answers all my questions. So, okay. So we never bought Elliot a dress and this is the reason this bothered me. So, I feel like I should be treating my children the same regardless of their gender. I only have one child, but if I had multiple children, I would want to be treating them the same, right? Sure. This is how I would be treating them different um, and will be treating them differently if if slash when I have another child, um, if it is a different gender than the child that I have. Mm-hmm. Which is that Elliot is assigned male and Elliot may in fact decide to one day tell me that he is um, – female or non-binary or some something else but until then i'm gonna go with the fact that he's male letting him know that that's an option otherwise to not be right and so i'm going to teach him things like consent Mm -hmm. i'm going to really emphasize consent in a different way than i would for women if i had a woman if i had a girl an assigned female child if i had a woman i'm also going to be teaching him to be humble in a way um, that is different than I would be teaching an assigned female child. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is true for, for both of my, of my uh, hypothetical boy girl children, <laughs> which is that I'm going to be teaching them that they don't get to have every opportunity. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because, um, it'll, would be especially true for Elliot, who, as far as I know, is a cis white boy. Um, who may or may not be straight. Um, but if I truly want to take care of all children, which I do, then I need to make sure that Elliot does not opportunity hog. And so there are going to be times in Elliot's life when he is not going to get to do something and I'm not going to fight to let him do something if there is somebody who is underrepresented that could be doing that thing instead. Because I always know that Elliot will be fine. Yes. 
but I want to provide these opportunities for everyone. Right. So that's when I'm looking at like parenting my children differently based on their gender. Like that is how I'm looking at it. Um, but otherwise I would want to be teaching, teaching and taking care of and raising my children the same. And so if Elliot had been assigned female at birth, people would have bought us dresses. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, and it bothered me that, because I would have put that hypothetical child in a dress and it bothered me that I wasn't doing that for Elliot, but I couldn't put a finger on why I hadn't just done it myself. And there's this sort of, I think, liberal mindset that doesn't go far enough right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. which is that, well, as soon as my kid tells me that they want to wear a dress, I'll let them wear a dress. Right. But that only applies to male children, right? It's not like we're suddenly not like letting girl children wear dresses until they tell us. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I was like, there's something wrong here. And I couldn't figure out why. And I felt uncomfortable. And this is one of the... Mm. A few times I felt uncomfortable with something like this, and I could not figure out what it was. And so I, I'm mulling over this, you know, every day of my life for every second. <laughs> and finally, I was listening to um, one of my favorite podcasts, <clears throat> Query by Cameron Esposito. Mm-hmm. Um, or with Cameron Esposito. That's right. <laughs> and um, she was interviewing a person named, a non-binary person named Jeffrey Marsh. Um, Jeffrey Marsh is uh, a person who um, appears to many people to be male. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a beard. They use they pronouns. They have a beard. They talk about this in the podcast, so that's why I'm I'm wording it that way. Um, They oftentimes have shorter hair, um, but they also oftentimes are wearing a full face of makeup. They have these beautiful blue eyes and dresses. Um, and they're non-binary. They're not male or female. That's not how yes. they are. Yep. And so Cameron was interviewing them. And I, I wrote this. I re-listened to this today to write down this specific um, quote because it was this one sentence that like, op- like blew my mind open. So – um, they, they were sort of were talking about this a little bit. Um, and Jeffrey had been saying, quote, so from my perspective and part of what I talk to students in religious groups about is that one of the main problems that we have is that there are only two genders, um, is that society then builds that to make them two unequal genders. And so if I, as a non-binary person, I love how I can mess around with all of that and undermine all of that separateness. So that's like the sort of first time that this, comes up and then a little bit later cameron says when i'm on stage wearing a suit that creates space for women to wear suits or for anyone to wear a suit and the more space that is created the more space that there is for all of us so she's talking here about how um you know it's not like one of they were talking about the pie metaphor which is that we're sort of taught that like there's only so much pie yep and so if somebody takes away Mm-hmm. from your piece from the pie, you have less pie. When in reality, you know, me respecting you and you respecting me just creates more respect. It just multiplies. Yep. And then 10 minutes left from the end of the podcast, <laughs> and I'll put some of the timestamps in for this into the show notes. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey's talking 
And they are calling back a little bit to where Cameron was saying that she wears a suit on stage. Yep. And they said, in general, people look at me and think, man, male, fine. I know that's not true for me, but they have that automatic instinct because they've been trained to. And for someone like me to wear a dress is me giving up my privileged position as a quote-unquote man. But you going on stage, you being Cameron, and wearing a suit is you trying to raise your status. And I was like, that's it. That's why I haven't been willing to put Elliot in a dress. Because being female is considered submissive. Yep. And being male is considered powerful. And even though I have gone out of my way, and I had a very high baseline for this, I think, compared to a lot of people, even though I had gone out of my way (coughs) to try to untrain my brain of these things, this was the sort of one thing that I couldn't get past. It was me (laughs) forcing my child, quote-unquote, forcing my child to be in a submissive position. Mm -hmm. Now, again, this comes back to safety, right? Because I also want to make sure that Elliot's in a position where he's safe. And honestly, him being in a dress, if he's assigned male, might not be safe for him in all situations. Okay. And this actually did come up once, um, which I'll talk about later. Um, And I'm sure you read Kenny's very long Facebook status about this when it happened. You're sure that I read that? (laughs) If you didn't, I'm going to be really sad. Okay. (laughs) Prepare to be disappointed. Are you familiar with the acronym TLDR? (laughs) Oh, I am. Okay. Well, you might understand my position. Well, don't worry because I'm going to read the whole thing. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. Uh Uh-huh. But right. So I'm like, oh, my God. This is the reason I don't want to put... Elliot in a dress. Mm -hmm. It's because being a woman is bad. Right. And so what did I do? You got him a dress after that point. I bought him a fucking dress. Yeah. And I put him in it and he loved it. Sure. Um, and this, so now this is where we sort of like, like this sort of like opened up for me in a lot of ways. This is why this answers a lot of questions, right? This is why gender neutral fails Mm -hmm. because gender neutral is male it doesn't have any dresses it doesn't have any dresses yeah the uh word that you said before that you would use later is male oh really oh okay Gender neutral is not gender neutral. Gender neutral is male. I could have sworn that you were dancing around using the word unisex. Oh, no. Because I was going to bring up the fact that uh, if you have the same article of clothing Mm -hmm. in two styles, Mm -hmm. as in like accommodating the two different genders, Mm -hmm. you're just as likely to say that you have them in men and women's as you are to say that you have them in women's or unisex right Unis- because the default right. is male and right. the default is unisex right. right yeah exactly god i hadn't even thought of that that's a good point 
Good contribution, Will. Thank you, Liz. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, the dress, um... You said yes to the dress. I said yes to the dress. Um, so yeah, I ordered the dress on Old Navy, um, dot com. Uh, and this dress is, um, I sent you a picture of this dress too. It's the citrusy one. Could you describe it for our listeners, our goslings? Um, uh, yes. It, uh, okay, yes. The, again, it's, uh, sort of a white background and it is covered in, Circles of uh, varying degrees of yellow and orange, uh, and uh, each has a stem coming out of it uh, with a couple uh, with one or two leaves. So, with the addition of the stem and the leaves, it looks like they are oranges, or some of them maybe lemons or mm-hmm. uh, other citrus fruits that could be confused for either of those two. Right. <laughs> And uh, it is uh, is is it is it cinched? I don't I don't quite know what that means, but there, yes. there's there's clearly a delineating line. This is where, this I would where, not describe as cinched. I would call this um, like a empire waist. I think. Okay. But basically, what that means is that the top part of the dress is flat over the chest. Yes. And then about mid rib. Right. Um, you get a gathered skirt. Yes. So, um, this is different from like a sheath dress. I think a sheath dress would be one sort of solid piece of fabric that sort of lays flat down the whole body. Yeah. This has a waistline, um, and then a gathered skirt, so there's some pleating happening, and the skirt is fuller than than the the top part of the dress. I see. And this I don't see as being I, the part of the reason I picked that for that dress, um, that dress particularly was because I love citrus. Sure. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a podcast on citrus, and um, so that that was the first part, and then um. Uh, the second part is that, um, I felt that the dress itself wasn't cut in a way that was weird. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I thought that it, you know, provided him with a full skirt so he could move around easily. It hit him at his knees, which I thought was useful. Um, and what else is he wearing in that picture, Will? He's wearing a Batman cowl on his face. (laughs) He is. Doesn't he look so cute? Yes. And it has mirrored eyes so that if you zoom in, you can see you taking the picture. Yes. In the he picture. loves those sunglasses. He's been saying, by the way, he's been, we, we're a big Batman family. He's been running around and saying that he's Bat Boy. Oh. I don't know where he got this from, but he's like, he'll sort of do like a, you know, like a one fist pulled back, one okay. fist out forward. For a second it looked like you were dabbing. No, 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 no not this. But uh, you know, like a like a ready to fight stance. Yeah, uh-huh. And he'll go, Bat Boy. And Bat then boy. like he'll like wind up his arm. Yeah. And to then do a big punch. To and then just runs. Oh cool. <laughs> it's very cute. Um and very cool. Yeah. I like it. So I get him this dress. This was his first dress. I didn't send you a picture of his second dress. His second dress was a a winter fall dress, I decided. This was his summer dress. Mm-hmm. And um, 
<clears throat> that dress was very similarly shaped. It had sort of a, it had sleeves, this dress. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it came down and had a skirt and it was the night sky. And then when you went down, there were trees and then a landscape and there were like shadows of deer. That's nice. And it had pockets. Yeah. Woo! Applause break. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever listened to My Favorite Murder, but... No. They do live episodes, and if they come out wearing a dress and they say, and it has pockets, the the crowd goes wild. (laughs) Oh, holy shit. Hooray. Right, because because dresses are, like, just not as practical half the time. Yep. Um, Because they don't have pockets. So, I felt really good about these dresses and this is and this is i think sort of the conclusion part one that i want to have in this podcast okay are we up to point three yet (laughs) we're currently on bullet number 13 okay that i think that's a good place to be (laughs) yeah (laughs) so um conclusion part one is that um you need to put your kid in a fucking dress if you have an assigned male child you have to put your kid in a dress. And this is why. Because if you if it's safe, and again, that's the total caveat here. Mm-hmm. Kenny has been 100% on my side for this the whole time. Uh, even when he felt uncomfortable and couldn't put a finger on why, he knew that it would be wrong to not let these things happen. And so he supported me. He's picked out dresses for Elliot. Um He's very on board with it. He'll put Elliot into dresses in the morning. Like, he'll give Elliot the option to pick out a dress out of the various clothing options that he has. Right. And um, even if it's just within our own household, Elliot is safe to wear a dress. Of course. And so, again, assuming that it's safe, at least within your own home. Yeah. Put your male assigned child in a dress. Yep. And this is why. Elliot will never know if he likes dresses or not. If we don't present them as an option. Yes. And again, I think a lot of parents are like, well, if my male assigned child ever asks for a dress, he can have one. But your child won't ever know that they are allowed to ask if you do not present it as an option. Yeah, of course. Um, And of course, there will always be some kids that feel more fully like they absolutely need to wear a dress. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as somebody who's pansexual... It took me a really long time to figure out that – I mean, actually, I take that back. It didn't take me that long, but it took me way longer to figure out that I liked not just cis men uh-huh. than it did for me to figure out that I liked cis men. And mm-hmm. the reason for that was because it wasn't presented to me right. that I could like whomever. My mom had sort of said to me that, you know, love is – I always knew that love was love. I knew that there was nothing wrong with it, so I never had any feelings of guilt. Mm-hmm. But I assumed that because I liked men that I didn't like women. And mm-hmm. there's this hilarious um article I wrote. I My friends and I had this alt newspaper that we ran in middle school into high school called yeah. The True Revolutionist. Yeah. <laughs> and there's this hilarious statement where I say something like – we did something called The Gay Experiment where me and my yes. friend Cheryl – held hands walking through the mall. Yep. And truly revolutionary. So revolutionary in uh 2005 and um or maybe 2004 actually. Okay. And um I have this line where I said like anytime I see a boy in a tight black band shirt with like um luscious hair, I know I'm definitely straight. 
<laughs> yeah. I was like trying to make out with Sheryl the whole time. Like clearly I was not straight. Yeah. And so part of the reason that I want to give these to Elliot as an option is Elliot might love wearing pants and he might also like wearing dresses. And mm-hmm. I don't want him to have to find that out any later than he has to. Yeah. Um, In- Because I never want my kid to have to come out to me. Uh, right. Okay. And I'm saying come out here loosely. I'm saying come out. I don't want my kid to ever have to say, mom, I'm gay and have me be like surprised. I also don't want my kid to ever have to say like, mom, I think I'm trans or I think I'm gender fluid in a way where it's like something he has to build up to. I, I hope that it can be something that it just happens organically. Okay. Like any other preference. Uh-huh. Like, I like, you know what, mom? I really don't like Moana anymore, and I wish we would never have to listen to that again. Is something he would never say because that's a perfect yeah. movie for the most part. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Okay. And so that's a later episode. And so, um, I don't, and, and also, I think that he can be a cis, straight boy, a boy person. And still wear dresses and have it not be something that fucking makes him feel terrible if he wants. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, he won't ever know these things if I don't present it to him as such. Can, can I ask you a question? Please. And I'm asking you as you are someone with the authority of you have worn dresses. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, mm-hmm. would anyone – Given the option to wear dresses, would anyone refuse that option for like their <laughs> their life? Um, are you saying like given the option to wear dresses, would somebody say like I don't like this is uncomfortable and I don't want to do it? Yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. I guess I guess what I'm saying is aren't aren't dresses comfortable? Like they seem comfortable. They seem like I would be comfortable in them. Yes. And uh yeah, I I resent that uh I uh am not supposed to wear dresses. Yes. So I think that dresses are comfortable some of the time. I in winter don't like wearing dresses because they're sure. cold. Yeah. Um I also know that when I do wear dresses now, I just wear shorts underneath them. Yeah. Because I feel uncontained. Mm-hmm. Like I feel if I wear shorts under a dress, I feel very comfortable. I feel very contained. Okay. And if I don't wear shorts, I feel like exposed somehow. Okay. So a lot of times, even when I'm wearing a dress, I'm still wearing like a pant of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I, I'm sure you're, that you're, there are you're people. You're smuggling those illegal goods <laughs> known yeah. as pants on your body. Pants on my body. Underneath the legal dress. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, would would anybody I mean so I mean there is I think there's also something to say here about um the fact that uh there are plenty of people that feel deeply uncomfortable in dresses because they are seen as being so feminine. Mm-hmm. Right. Um I'm speaking largely of like um people who um were conditioned female but perhaps don't identify with the feminine as right. much. Yeah. Um, 
So I, of course, don't want to downplay their experience. But in terms of, like, a comfort level, yeah, if it's, like, a warm day, it's hard to get In terms of, like, physical comfort, like, it, yeah. like, putting aside the, like, emotional societal baggage yeah. that wearing a dress carries. It's real comfortable. Right, yeah. Um, the, o- the only other thing I would say about this is, like, I do – I have pretty wide legs, <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so part of the reason I'm wearing shorts is because um, underneath a dress is because sometimes it's just not comfortable to have your legs touching all of the time with yeah. the skin. Sure. But yes, otherwise I would say, yeah, dresses, especially flowy dresses, are just real comfortable, real good, all and, about them. And I know that if I wore a dress and if – just say hypothetically I were wearing a dress and uh, – I was not wearing shorts underneath. I know that I would have to uh, carry my body differently. Yes. Particularly like when I was sitting down. Mm-hmm. But I I would point out that I have been at work before sitting in a work chair mm-hmm. when another man has asked me, how do you sit like that? <laughs> And I, and I didn't really think much of it except like, oh, that's a little, seems a little bit rude, but like, I just think like, I don't know. I'm just saying however's comfortable with me, but it sort of nagged at me. And then more recently I've come to the conclusion that what he was really asking me was like, where are your balls? Like, don't you have balls? <laughs> oh my God. Because I think, I think that was the subtext of his question because the uh-huh. way that I was sitting I think it's offensive to a man to a to you know, I think it's offensive to a cis man. Yeah. To to see me sit that way because the way I was sitting might be sort of coded feminine because it might be easier on mm. someone without the uh external genitalia that you do. That I do have. Yeah. That's interesting. I was basically yeah, I, I was sitting with one leg tucked underneath my under my other leg basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, as I cross-legged. as I often do. Uh-huh. Yeah, like cross-legged but like one leg is like draped over. Yeah. Like foot touching the floor. Uh-huh. Yeah, so like half cross-legged. I um I um know that my mom was taught to sit that way because otherwise she would be a distraction to the boys. Yeah, right. And that's and if we're going to talk about dress codes in a future episode, then then <laughs> in my in my traditional cis straight white male role of playing devil's advocate, I will <laughs> I will have to ask you know I will have to counter any argument you make with the all important question. But Liz, what if I get horny? <laughs> I know, I know, Will, and I know Think it's particularly me. hard for you to keep. Your mitts off of me, your podcast host. Think my my pod husband. Thank you very much. <laughs> so there's one other point here in terms of like why to put Elliot in a dress. Sure. Which is that I want him to know that it's normal for anybody to wear dresses, even if he later decides he doesn't want to wear them. Right. So if he wears them now, and he has pictures of him in dresses now, yes. and he knows that that's something that he did, mm-hmm. hopefully when he sees another person that is either presents male or is using male pronouns, and that person is also wearing a dress or a skirt. Anytime I'm saying dress, I also mean skirt here. Sure. Um, 
hopefully he won't bat a fucking eyelash. Right. No judgment. And no judgment. And also, um, if somebody else is being weird about it, hopefully he defends that kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's honestly the most important reason why you should put your assigned male child into a dress. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, because ho- also hopefully then someday if he's a almost 30 year old, uh, male boy like you will, and he's saying, I am re- resentful that I can't wear dresses. He isn't resentful and he just wears dresses. Right. Even yeah. if it's a house dress. Right. Yes. A moo moo. Okay. Yeah. A moo moo. That's what I learned from The Simpsons. I I watched, you know, I watched The Simpsons as a child, uh, Mm -hmm. barely understanding a lot of it. And uh, I've just retained a few things. And one of them is uh, there's an episode where Homer gets to start working from home uh, (laughs) like you are going to do. Yes. Do you know this episode? I think so. I feel like I can see him. He gets... He gets uh, bigger and bigger. Yes, and, and then that's all that fits him. Yeah, he was he, and he starts wearing a, a muumu, <laughs> which I've, I, I, a term that I was completely unfamiliar with, and so because of that episode of The Simpsons, I have internalized like a dress on a man is a muumu. <laughs> That's so strange and specific. Yeah. My mom always spoke, I mean, perhaps um, unkindly um, about Moomoo's with disdain. Okay. So if it's not, (laughs) so what is it then? A Moomoo is, I believe it's spelled, this is a great question. Let me make sure I'm spelling it right. It's spelled with U's, right? It's spelled with U's. Um. It's a let's see what Wikipedia says. Um oh it's a it's a Hawaiian word. It's a loose dress of Hawaiian origin uh-huh. that hangs from the shoulder. Okay. Um it's usually in brightly colored floral patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Um but how did it become it's a mumus are popular as maternity wear because they do not restrict the waist. Right. Um Okay, this is interesting. I didn't realize this was Hawaiian. I was always the way that my mother described mumus to me, which were very similar to the way that you did, um, mm-hmm. in the sense that it was a sort of house dress yeah. for a woman. Okay. So it was a a dress that a woman wore around the house. It was a dress that um, uh, was ill fitting yeah. because it. You know, as we can see, it does not restrict the waist. Right. Something that she might clean in. She might watch yes. her soaps in. Uh-huh. Um, I think my mom saw them as somebody who was not actually getting dressed, and that is why she was yeah. speaking of them with disdain. Yes, something that you might sleep in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So, and I learned the word moo-moo from that episode of The Simpsons, and so I just made up a definition in my mind from context clues, which is... Wow, you you pulled a Liz. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, a little bit of a misheard lyric situation. <laughs> I just thought, oh, it's a dress uh, that a Homer Simpson-sized man wears. Uh, I do not have a moo-moo, I do not have a house dress, I do have, and <laughs> I think I should be embarrassed, but I'm admitting any- anyway, uh-huh. uh, I have a kimono. Oh, you do? Uh-huh, it was a gift uh, from Andrew. 
Oh, Andrew. Uh, who uh, I think uh, you, as much you might call it a hand me down. <laughs> Traditionally, gifts are are, are purchased uh, new, but this was uh, the that even more thoughtful kind of gift. Uh-huh. That is, uh, I I have this thing that I'm not using. <laughs> And but I, I think that you would like. And 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 he knew and he knew that I did and and you can probably guess why I wanted a kimono and and expressed his desire for it. It's not Yeah. It's not just out of some kind of uh you know pathetic white obsession with J- Japan. Uh, uh-huh. uh I don't have swords on my wall or dragon tattoos or anything like that. It's Yet yet yeah <laughs> those days are coming probably um no it's because of ninja sex party it's because of absolutely danny yeah. sex bang oh danny avadon uh, when we're I done recording a... i'll i'll show you the come oh, please do on Skype. i had a very long dream with them in it a couple nights ago which i'll tell you about after we <laughs> finished yeah, yeah. They don't. That doesn't need to be in the world. That's, I think I've made it very clear that I won't make a dream podcast. I, I, and I so appreciate that. <laughs> Let's get back so on there's, track. There's one more flip to this, which I've already sort of mentioned, which is, okay, the whole world's open to Elliot now. He can pick whatever he wants. Being feminine isn't bad, right? right. So that also means that shirts that are frilly, short shirts that are pink, shirts that are covered in unicorns with rainbows and are saying like you got it girl like none of that is off the table for elliot elliot is Um, very lucky to live in a world where uh all that stuff that you just described like unicorns and rainbows uh that has already been made cool for boys by (laughs) deadpool right thank you deadpool thank you deadpool for your contribution to our podcast and society. Um, but all of that stuff, ruffles, lace, cool. Yeah. But now we get back to the romper problem. Okay. Which is how do I pick clothes that also do not objectify female presenting people? Okay. So could you look up the t- pictures of the two shirts I sent you? There's two pictures. They say they both the shirts say strong. Yeah. So this is something I noticed from Cat and Jack. Um, Cat and Jack is a clothing company that I actually quite like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had, I always, they, at Target, they always have a sort of, um, setup of t-shirts where there's just like, um, shelves of t-shirts and they always have great patterns. Elliot has one that says read made out of books and then there's cats, um, flopping around and reading. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, got him a shirt from there that was an Earth Day shirt. Um, it's got an earth and it's like hugging itself. And I realized. Happy Earth Day, by the way. It was Happy Earth Day. We are recording this on Earth Day. And I have done nothing to celebrate except tell you that. And I noticed that this, the color for this shirt was like fucking huge. Mm-hmm. And could you, so could you describe the two shirts that I've, I've shown you? The black one is the boy's shirt. Okay. The purple one is the girl's shirt. Yeah. And they're both 2T. They're both the 2T size. Which is ideally the idea is that for a toddler who is two years old. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so uh, uh, they both say strong. Uh, one's black, one's purple. Uh, the girls' one, the strong is like 
gold with like a pink accent uh, where where it's uh, like a shadow, like the shadow, shadow of yeah. the word strong. I don't know if it's just the picture that you sent, but the strong and the black boys one looks just like a really washed out white. I think it was silver and white, which okay. is why it looks okay, yeah. washed out here. That makes sense. And um, I don't... I, Guess it looks like the boys one has more of a sleeve. Yes. And a smaller collar. Yes. So I and then if you look at the other picture, so the girl's shirt is about an inch, maybe three quarters of an inch shorter than the boy's shirt. Right. Fine. If you look at, for example, an infant size chart, uh girls trend. That's not a rule by any means, but Mm -hmm. girls trend smaller than boys on average. Right. Fine. If you're a manufacturer and you have to make clothing, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I checked, and girls' heads do not trend bigger than boys' heads. So there's no reason that the collar needs to be wider on the girl's shirt. Mm -hmm. Unless you're trying to show off one's collarbones. Right. And the other thing that's happening is the boy's shirt has very square sleeves. Okay. The girl's shirt sleeves are fitted. They're a lot smaller. Mm. Because, again, this – and the reason I brought this up specifically is, again, there's nothing wrong with things that are feminine, right? Mm-hmm. But this shirt is a supposed to be a standard T-shirt. Yeah. And yet, the boys' version and the girls' version are different in a way that is trying to create a feminine shape. And a feminine shape, in this case, is one that is essentially sexualizing girls. It's yes. showing off more skin, both in the arms and in the neck. Mm-hmm. And that is what we are considering feminine. Right. And I have a problem with that. Yeah. I have a. Pr- it's a t-shirt. <laughs> yes, I have a similar problem or the same problem with uh, sexualizing babies and toddlers, which uh, I have come to understand is extremely common. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. It's it, but I'm not surprised by it anymore. Is what I'm what, trying to say. What are you? Um- what are you uh what can you give me an example of a way that you've encountered this? Honestly, I as I sometimes am, I'm mostly repeating something that I heard in God, I'm gonna sound like such a douche. In in the abnormal psychology class that I took in college. <laughs> okay. No, it's fine. I'm here. I'm here with you. I'm here I, with you. I just I just got I just picked up a few things that I have internalized and still uh, carry with me today about uh, mental health and mental illness and what they mean and, uh, you know, the forces of society acting upon us every day. And I remember this professor uh, kind of ranting about, like, being in the department store Mm -hmm. and seeing... You know, not only the clothes, but like the pictures that are like hanging up in like a Target or a Walmart or something. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, advertising it to you kind of. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it's it's just a baby version of what you see 
with adults and for adults. So it's just like, oh, it's it's like they just shrunk down the adult clothes. Yeah. And shrunk down <laughs> like the adult models who are like wearing the clothes in the pictures uh-huh. so that it it's really gross if you like stop and look at it and actually accept that it's like, ugh, like... Like, you know that they make infant, infant bikinis. Yeah, right. That's a Horrifying. great, that's a great example <laughs> of what, of what we're talking about, which is, uh, <laughs> just maddeningly gross. So, so the other, so I think this actually segs into my, oh my God, I just uh, did it, Will. I just did it. <laughs> I didn't even try to, Will. I really didn't. Do you see? You could have said it was a callback and it would have been a good one too. Oh, God. I segued. This is a good segue. Yep. Verb. Or noun. You've segued well into this final point, which is that part of the reason this is, this point is so 19. hard. This is point nine. Well, sorry. This is point 18. Okay. Part of the reason this point is so hard. Point 19 is have fun. <laughs> part of the reason this is so hard is because women at a much younger age than I think most people would be comfortable with, Mm -hmm. should be allowed, as far as I'm concerned, to express their sexuality in the way that they see fit. Mm. So that means that they should not be shamed for, for example, showing off their midriff. Mm -hmm. They should not be told that they are a problem because they're wearing short shorts. Mm-hmm. They should not be told that they're a distraction because they're wearing, for example, spaghetti straps in school. Mm-hmm. Or tank tops that are less than three fingers wide. Yep. There's an outfit I wear in the summer that is a tank top that is like one and a half fingers wide. Three fingers wide was the rule that we had in my high school. Okay. And it's a tank top that I wear with a, a high-waisted skirt um, and usually a little like a little silk scarf around my neck. And I wear this in the summer because it's a nice, cool outfit. It's, um, I think it's very professional for my business casual office. And I think to myself, every time I wear it, I would not have been allowed to wear this in high school because mm-hmm. the straps are not wide enough. Right. Do, do you know, and, what, do you know what wasn't allowed in my high school? I don't know. You had uniforms, I'm assuming. So anything? <laughs> uh, no. Well, first of all, I did not have uniform in high school. Oh, I assume that you had uniforms. No, we Continue. had a dress code, but not mm-hmm. uniforms. Okay. Uh, you, you really stomped on my punchline because I had to correct you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, here's the setup again. Uh, you know what wasn't a lot at my high school? What wasn't Girls. a lot at your high school? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a good way mm-hmm. to keep them, to keep di- them safe yeah, different, from boys. Different kind of code. Um, and the reason I bring this up is because I also feel like the sort of reaction to these like hypersexualized girls clothing for infants and toddlers, again, is what I'm focusing on. Um, this, one of the reactions to that is to sort of like go in the other wrong direction, which is to like further control women's bodies. <laughs> right. And that's also not what I'm saying. And this is where it gets really tricky, right? Because mm-hmm. how can I, admit something is feminine while also have it not just be part of the male gaze. Mm. And I don't totally know the answer to that. Okay, so we're running what time is it? I mean not what time it is, but we're about is it? we're at about an hour and twenty. 
Okay, so I'm going to end with this anecdote and then see if you have any questions. All right. So when I took those pictures at Target of those Cat and Jack shirts, <clears throat> we ended up buying Elliot a little spring coat. It was a girl's spring coat. It's green. It's so cool. My brother said that he looks like a little revolutionary in it. A true um, revolutionary. A, re- a true revolutionary. You know, I think Blake actually made that joke uh-huh. <laughs> when he was saying this. Blake always hated the name of that magazine, even as a 12-year-old. So good job, Blake. Um, and so we're trying, having him try on this jacket and all of a sudden he looks at me and Kenny and goes, dress, yellow dress, that one. And he was pointing at this yellow, like ballet dress is the only way I can describe it. It has this like tool. Um, do you know what tool is? No. Tools that sort of like crunchy mesh fabric. Mm-hmm. It's got like a tool, like multi-tiered skirt. And then <clears throat> the top part of it is like a stretchy, um, material. And it's got a, a picture of Belle from Beauty and the Beast on mm-hmm. the front of it. And he is like, that one, that one, that one. Elliot has never in his life shown us any preference to any clothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, we were like, Okay, let's try on the dress first. And so, or let's try on the coat first. So we're trying on the coat. And he keeps saying to Kenny, like, um, a that one, a that one. And mm-hmm. Kenny's like, I know, I know, I know. I like put it on the rack and he's like, mama, 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 that one. I'm like, okay. So I had to like hold it. So he knew that we were getting it. Mm-hmm. And then we go to check out and the woman who's checking us out. This is what I mean when I say safety is an issue. Mm-hmm. The woman who's checking us out, um, we're buying the dress and we're just three people buying like two sippy cups and a dress. And she's like, you must have a girl at home. <laughs> and we said, oh, no, no. She said, do you want a gift receipt was the first thing she says. Okay. And we're like, no, that's fine. She says, oh, you must have a girl at home. Mm-hmm. And we said, no, just Elliot. And she said, you're buying a dress. As an accusation. Yeah. And we said, yeah, Elliot likes dresses. And she said, you're going to put him into a dress? And we were like, yeah, uh, he likes them. And she was like, well, I would just never do that. And I said, why? And she said, you'd put your boy in a dress? And I said, "I yes, I have. And I said, I wear dresses. And she said, well, you're a girl. And I said, but I also like them. And realize she's ch- she's trying to actively convince us to not buy right. this dress yeah. as a cashier right. at Target. <laughs> yeah. But also part of the reason this experience was so harrowing to me, and I know that many, many people have experienced this before, it wasn't just that she was being critical. It was that she was trying to figure us out. Mm-hmm. She targeted us. She saw something happening and she was like, I need to answer find out an answer to this question. And um honestly, um she was trying to pressure us to not feel safe in the purchase that we were making. Mm-hmm. Who's to say I don't have a friend who's got a child the same age as Elliot and I know exactly what size dress they wear. I don't need but I don't need to explain that to you. If she had asked if she had wanted a gift receipt, fine. She sees that we have a child that appears male. She's making sure it's 
a courtesy, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. It's still making assumptions, but whatever. It's a good question. But then she had to keep going. Yeah. And also, as Kenny pointed out, this was the first time he had ever been excited about a piece of clothing. And she had to question his own agency in the matter. Mm-hmm. So we got home. Elliot's like, dress, 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 dress. We put him in the dress. He's the happiest we've ever seen him. Yeah. Hasn't wanted to wear the dress since. Sure. We ask him every day, do you want to wear this dress? He's like, no dress, no dress. I mean, to be fair, recently, he's been like, no pants, no pants. Namas, namas. Pajamas? Yeah. (laughs) Which is what, just a more comfortable pants? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's me too. (laughs) Namas. Um, And that's point 19, which is that, I mean, I think we can do the best we can here. And I think that we need to ask ourselves these hard questions. But even for our children, safety is still going to be an issue. Even in super liberal uh, Gaithersburg that's outside of D.C. where I feel very safe all the time. Yeah. But, I mean, there are always going to be targets. Absolutely. And targets are always going to have... (laughs) People who uh, put targets on your back. Yes, absolutely. Hence the name. <laughs> um, Will, do you have any questions about my long-awaited gendered clothing diatribe? I wish that I did because if I had a question, it might <laughs> seem to, – to have no questions – might make it seem like I haven't fully engaged with uh, uh, your 19-point manifesto. Mm -hmm. But uh, perhaps we could agree that you were so thorough. Oh, well. And uh, we're we're of similar sensibilities and and on the same end of, of certain spectrums, including a political one, Mm-hmm. a social one mm-hmm. that uh yeah i can uh i can wrap my mind around uh what you're putting down I what's think, a, um, here's a, here's a question i'll I'll just come up with a question okay so like what does the what what do you see the future holding for elliot's wardrobe um so right now he has a girl's romper that's got flowers on it that he um, seems to be okay with he. That was his Easter outfit this year. Mm-hmm. He has a black. He has a dark gray, um, wide, wide cowl necked, um, dress. That's uh, that Kenny says he looks like a little witch in, and I have to agree. <laughs> He's got this yellow dress. That's very in right now, by the way. To the, look, the, to be a little look like witch. a little witch. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And he's got um, another, like, sort of a swingier, a dress that's actually, like, closer to, like, a long shirt. Okay. But it's definitely, like, it looks feminine. Mm-hmm. And it's got, it's blue and then has flowers at the bottom. And mm-hmm. then this yellow dress. And um, on the weekends, we don't usually send him to daycare like this. I don't know how his daycare provider would react. And I, again, for safety, will not cross that bridge unless Elliot requests me to. Mm-hmm. But on the weekends, um, or when we are home, we oftentimes have now started putting out three outfits. One of them we always include a dress in, and we say, what do you want to wear? And then um, we let him pick. And he hasn't picked a dress recently. Mm-hmm. Um, he did wear a dress the other day just because I, I sort of put him in it because I thought it would be cute. Because um, mm-hmm. that's the other thing. He looks so cute. Like, yeah. it's not just like 
oh, we're putting him in a dress. Like, he looks fucking cute. Mm -hmm. And he's so happy. And when he runs, he, that's the other thing. When we put him in this yellow dress, he like, it was almost like, you know, we talk, I, I, I really don't think much is natural, but it was like he just naturally picked up the edges of it and like ran holding the edges of it and like Mm -hmm. twirling. Yeah. And the hills were um, alive. The hills were alive. Um, with the sound of music. And if I riff something, you just repeat it. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Do you want me a, to stop? Don't apologize. I'm no. trying to acknowledge you. I'm sorry. I, I was not trying to shame you. I was <laughs> just observing. Um, so I, I think that he's going to stop wearing dresses soon because mm-hmm. he keeps not wanting to wear them. Um, and honestly, I'm kind of sad about it because I really mm. liked the dresses we got him. And he hasn't worn that yellow dress since that day. Right. Which was like, he, I cannot describe to you how happy he was that day. Yeah. But ever since then, it will be like, do you want to wear your yellow dress? We'll be like, yes, yellow. No, well, yeah, you no yellow dress. No mm-hmm. yellow dress. Like he, he clearly is like going back and forth on it and then always decides against it. Mm. Um, so I think, I mean, I, but I think that that's fine too, he's, right? That's he, the same thing he's he, telling us. So now we know. He's a child of complex tastes and I respect yes, that. mostly pajamas. I respect the hell out of it. <laughs> um, I also realized that, so I have been cutting his hair. I have mm-hmm. a friend who I know is a listener of the, of the podcast who has a son who's a month younger than Elliot who has not cut her son's hair. And I find that to be for Elliot, uh, inconvenient. Mm-hmm. So I've been cutting Elliot's hair, mm-hmm. uh, pretty short. And, um, we're, we are now at the stage where we now are asking him if he wants to cut his hair. I mean, I think that's the other thing. Um, the sort of final note to this is okay. perhaps that, um, Everything you are make you are doing is a choice. Yeah. And so, um, if you were to, for example, uh, let your boy grow his hair out really long, cut his hair really short, neither of those are neutral. None of the options are neutral options. Mm-hmm. There is no gender neutral option. Mm-hmm. Even if you think you're being gender neutral, that's still a choice. Mm-hmm. And so. I think we just have to be really aware of the choices we're making and what the consequences of those choices might be. Yeah, because there is no way to opt out of this uh, gargantuan system. Yes, there's not. That was built for us and that we were born into and uh, is like a uh, cage that we're trapped inside of. Yep. So It keeps me from dancing with the one I love, though my mind holds the key. Uh, that's Arcade Fire. Yes, it is. Okay, well, that's better than the Coldplay reference from before. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to me to talk about my baby, my little toddler, for like an hour and a half. Oh, I always love to hear about Elliot. <laughs> um, and I guess we'll see you next week. Yeah, signing off. Bye. Bye-bye. Will is on Twitter and Letterboxd at youngest of one, and his website is williamhoffacker.com. You can find Liz at exclamate on Instagram, at exclamate underscore on Twitter, or on her website, elizabethdeannamorrislakes.com. Our website is smugbuds.com, and the podcast is at smugbuds on Twitter and Instagram.